Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to This Week Again, and I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with a look-see at the House Republicans' agenda for 2023, move on to the Brazilian version of Who's Gone Wrong, and follow that up with the latest on Classified Documents Gate. Let's begin, shall we? The Participation Award winner and barely Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, wants everyone to know that the governmental holding hostage infighting and public fighting that we all saw last week, it really, it really wasn't as bad as it looked on camera. See, th- this is the great part. Because it took this long, now we learned how to govern. Um, is anyone else concerned that the third person in line to the presidency is so incompetent that he needs on-the-job training after 17 years on the job? Hmm? Guess we can add promoting the most unqualified person to upper management to the list of 2023 accomplishments by House Republicans. And speaking of self-centered wins, Florida's favorite alleged child sex trafficker, Matt Gates recently went on Fox News to bask in the spoils of having paved the way for McCarthy's speakership win by, you guessed it, pretending not to be there. Roll tape. How confident are you that the concessions that you guys ended up winning are enforceable and you can hold on to them for these next two years? The rules for the 118th Congress, and those included the enforcement mechanism of the one-member motion to vacate, but it gives us the opportunity to ensure that our goals regarding policy, procedure, and personnel are met. Oh, (laughs) that motion to vacate is like the Freedom Caucus' very own precious. It's one rule to rule one. And by that, I mean Kevin McCarthy is about as much the Speaker of the House as King Charles is king. And thanks to the wishes McCarthy granted in his pre-15th vote negotiations with the domestic terrorists in the House, the House is as fucked as the British monarchy, or as Democrat Jim McGovern of Massachusetts puts it, And in fact, they're still empowering the extremists. Don't take my word for it. Let's go through their rules package. They're giving a single member the ability to remove the speaker at any time, letting a small far-right faction hold their leadership hostage. They're trying to shut down criminal investigations into the former president's wrongdoing. They are making it easier to slash taxes on billionaire corporations while dismantling the social safety net. They're giving committee chairs unbalanced discretion over which witnesses can testify, rejecting pandemic safety procedures like remote voting and trying to force an end to congressional staff unionization. And the icing on the cake? A new subcommittee to push QAnon conspiracies and launch fake investigations into non-existent scandals. What's next? A rule requiring we all wear tinfoil hats? Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Because on this week's installment of What Are the House Republicans Actually Doing? It sure as fuck wasn't anything to benefit the American people. Roll tape. 
House Republicans have passed their first bill in their very first legislative act last night. The new GOP majority passed a measure to repeal $80 billion in internal revenue service funding. House Republicans and one House Democrat passed an anti-abortion bill called the Born Alive Bill, this new regulation where health care providers would be mandated to give life-saving care to infants born alive after an attempted abortion. Excuse me, they did what? I can't believe we're going to have to have this conversation, but elections have consequences, so here we go. In such states like Montana, Colorado, Virginia, and Wisconsin, state Republican officials have made up a thing that they are calling Born Alive and are writing legislation to prevent the thing that they made up. They're called Born Alive Bills, and they are dangerously ignorant. Or as Minnesota State Representative Alice Mann puts it, the perfect example of why politicians should not be making medical decisions is because we are literally making stuff up and writing laws about it at this exact moment. Um, a child does not come out partway alive and then doctors kill it. That's not a thing. That's not a thing today. It's not a thing tomorrow. It's not a thing 10 years ago. It's not a thing. So for us to legislate things that don't exist in real life, again, perfect example of why politicians should not practice health care. Agreed. But I would also add that elected officials who deny science on a regular basis should be the first in line to never be allowed to legislate medical procedures that don't exist outside of the confines of any given post on Dolt 45's knockoff Twitter website. Not to mention, but our current statutes on murder covers the unaliving of anyone, including babies, wherever it may happen. So again, there's no need for Republicans to legislate something that doesn't happen. But if it did... There is already a legal structure in place to punish those who would be involved. But leave it to the Republicans in all districts of all levels of government to fight the good fight against the monsters under their beds. And while we're discussing why idiots shouldn't be in charge, it seems that the American right wing has been exporting its unique brand of insurrection to the poorly educated all across the world. And wouldn't you know it, this maggot-made product is faulty. We watched last year as German police swiftly arrested 50 would-be insurrectionists and their ringleader before they could enact their dubious plot. And now it looks like the Brazilian government has hired the same exterminators. Chaos in Brazil. As thousands stormed the country's capital, protesting October's election results, supporters of far-right former president Jair Bolsonaro unwilling to accept his defeat to Luis Inácio Lula da Silva, otherwise known as Lula. Brazilian authorities detained more than a thousand people in, in connection to a violent attack on several government buildings in the country's capital over the weekend. Former far-right President Bolsonaro, who recently failed to get re-elected. Rioters stormed Brazil's Congress, Presidential Palace, and Supreme Court, causing widespread damage in scenes reminiscent of the January 6th Capitol insurrection here in America. That's right, folks. 
Brazil has been under the authoritarian stylings of their very own version of Scooby-Coo since 2019, until last year when that man lost his re-election bid. His name is Bolsonaro. He is the poster child for the Brazilian Christian conservative movement and the Tangerine Ball Bag's biggest fan. Bolsonaro does Brazilian covers of the old yeller's greatest hits, like hating same-sex marriage, abortion, and anyone who isn't overtly pledging their loyalty to him. Unlike his idol, though, Bolsonaro is trying to distance himself from his supporters turned insurrectionists. And that's because Bolsonaro isn't in Brazil. He's actually in the United States, in Florida to be exact, because where else would a leader of a coup be hanging out? Bolsonaro has been hanging out in Orlando with his friends and family. And while the insurrection he encouraged is waging, Bolsonaro was in a hospital because of a five-year-old stab wound that suddenly gave him trouble. Which is a lame excuse for not attending your own insurrection, if you ask me. But then again, isn't it so on brand to have a plausible reason for not being guilty for people doing something you indirectly ask them to do? Because when you break this down to its base element... What the big Lebowski and Bolsonaro have done is destroy the foundational institutions that democracy is built upon. That is why their supporters are so easily coerced into committing violence against their government and defecating on government or in government buildings. That's another thing Tangerine Palpatine and Bolsonaro supporters have in common. They like to play with shit. While the January 6th insurrectionists smeared their shit all over the walls at the Capitol, one of Bolsonaro's dudes decided to take a dump on the floor of their Supreme Court. I don't know what that's about, and I'm not qualified to either. So let's just move on to Yale professor of history and author of On Tyranny, Timothy Snyder, to explain not the scatological fascinations of right-wing people, but the coercion to violence. Jeez, you guys, you and your dirty minds. Larger trends, too. One of them is the, to discredit institutions. When you storm institutions, when you show you can make yourself physically present in institutions, when you break windows, when you, when you, when you trash the place, what you're showing is symbolically, physically, that institutions don't matter. What matters is force. What matters is is will. And that, of course, is the is one of the oldest, one of the classic anti-democratic or anti-rule of law moves. You show disrespect for the institutions physically. And then all that seems to be left is the possibility that a person, a strong man, something besides these institutions should be running the country. If we can humiliate the institutions, then we get the strong man. Like Marlardo, Bolsonaro claimed he won an election that he actually lost. This lie captivated his supporters, like the former guy that we've seen with the maggot crowd, because of the internet echo chamber that they exist in, believing that what happens in their social media microcosm is what's happening in the real world. 
becoming the live action version of their metaverse avatars, violently attacking the capitals of their countries in an attempt to make all their digital delusions come true. With a little help from Dolt 45's friends, of course. And then there is Ali Alexander, who organized a number of Stop the Steal events after the 2020 election on Donald Trump's social media site, the one Trump launched after being banned from Twitter. Ali Alexander posted things like, take to the streets, brothers of Brazil, military, stand by. And as the riot unfolded, he posted, do whatever is necessary. Love you all. In the U.S., advisors close to Trump, such as Steve Bannon, spread the idea that Bolsonaro supporters should contest any election result that did not favor him. It should come as absolutely no surprise that people directly involved in January 6th would be cheering on their Brazilian brothers from another poorly educated mother. The architects of authoritarianism at the Legion of Doom, where they work, is a very small department. And not for nothing, but their benefits package sucks, which is probably why only stupid people suffering from impotent rage have been applying there for the last three years. And now for something completely different. Mm. Younger generations bashing their older counterparts isn't anything new. Today, we have millennials and Gen Z trying to progress beyond their boomer grandparents' revisionist memories of the 1950s. It is an uphill struggle that begins with the realization and acceptance that if we don't trust our elders to drive or manage their household bills or have to put them in assisted living facilities because they can't take care of themselves on their own during their last 20 golden years of their lives, then why in the fuck are we electing these people to run for our state and federal governments? Case in point, the old man and the classified documents. First, this happened. Classified government documents found inside one of President Biden's private offices. Well, President Biden's lawyers revealed that documents marked classified were found in office space that he used as a private citizen. Small number of classified documents were found last November, a day before the midterm elections, at an office where the president occasionally used space from 2017 to the start of the 2020 campaign. Some were marked top secret. All are dated between 2013 and 2016. And so it was. Ten documents marked classified were found in a locked closet by President Biden's lawyers while moving office materials from the Penn Biden Center, a location Biden occupied during his in-between time, in between being vice president to Obama and becoming president himself, specifically 2017 to the start of his 2020 presidential campaign. The discovery of the documents happened November 2nd, and Biden's lawyers immediately contacted the National Archives and the DOJ to see about returning them. Now, the National Archives were like, hey, we aren't missing any classified documents, but yeah, we'll take them anyway. And the next day, Biden's lawyers dropped them off. But... Merrick Garland, head of the DOJ, rightfully so, got a little curious about this, and he asked the former guy's appointed U.S. Attorney General in Chicago, 
to take a look at the matter while the FBI was like, hey, we want to come too. And they launched their own investigation. So far, we know this for sure. The documents did not contain nuclear secrets, but their exact nature and classification level are unclear. Okay, so we don't know what they were about, but (laughs) we know it wasn't nuclear secrets. (sighs) We can collectively breathe a sigh of relief that at least the sitting president isn't trying to gather intel on our military's capabilities so they can create a branch of NOAA that specializes in nuking hurricanes like that other guy was probably trying to do with the 320 classified documents that were found at his Florida retirement home. But back to what happened with Biden, this happened. President Biden's legal team has found a second batch of classified documents just days after the White House confirmed classified records were found at Biden's former D.C. office last November before the midterm elections. The president's lawyers say they found additional documents with classified markings in his garage in Delaware. Oh, all right. Well, that that's not um, in a locked closet uh, at an office or um, uh, in his private office. Okay. Okay, so that happening caused this Fox reporter to make this happen. Classified classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week. People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, was in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. Yeah, um, a, a locked garage, sure. Um, next to his Corvette, because, of course, he's going to lock up his Corvette. Uh, Anyway, um, that exchange paved the way for this in the White House press room to happen. Was the president sloppy in his handling of classified material after multiple locations where classified documents are being found? What is the White House trying to hide? When will the White House release a log of visitors to the Wilmington House? Does the administration have any idea between the garage and the Biden pen office, um, just how many people could have gotten their hands on this? Or, you know, are we to assume that the White House doesn't have an estimate? That they There's don't an know? ongoing review on this, and I would refer to the Department of, of Justice. Sure, sure. Uh, can't comment on ongoing investigations and all that bullshit. So that leaves us with questions. And this might be a hot take, but... Uh, How seriously does a person take classified documents when they leave them um, in their work office, in their home office, locked cabinets, sitting out in their garage? And yeah, Biden's team self-reported those batches, both of them, and is cooperating with the DOJ, of course, considering this happened. Attorney General Merrick Garland went out and appointed a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden's handling of classified information. And that special counsel is not just any lawyer. Oh, no. His name is Robert Hur. 
He's a lifelong Republican. He once clerked for one of the most conservative Supreme Court justices in history, William Rehnquist. He's attended Federalist Society events and was a Trump administration appointee. Oh, so now Biden is under investigation for potentially removing and keeping classified documents without permission. And I, folks, I am here for it. Of course, Biden should be investigated. If I can't take a stapler home from the office, why in the fuck should a president or any other member of government, for that matter, take classified documents anywhere? Here is what you are supposed to do with classified documents. Very strict guidelines in terms of how classified materials are supposed to be handled. Number one, they're supposed to be in government spaces. They're supposed to be under strict guidelines, sometimes to include uh, spaces where there's surveillance cameras locked in on them, in certain kinds of safes. Yeah, there is protocol. So clearly, having classified documents in a locked garage is not following said protocol. And with the facts that we already know, Biden should be punished for mishandling classified documents at the very least. This is because classified material is government property. These documents contain government secrets, intelligence, but no matter what it contains, it's not a souvenir for a president or a vice president to take home after they leave office. And I don't understand why this is so hard for government officials to understand. Some of your work you don't get to take home with you, period. And another thing, if a library book has a barcode that is scanned when I'm checking out the library book so they can track the book's whereabouts and be able to determine whether or not I have returned it by the due date or at all, why can't classified documents have their own barcode that can be scanned when personnel takes them? This seems like a simple way to avoid presidents and vice presidents from not returning classified materials. Or, and bear with me on this one, how about refusing to let classified documents leave wherever they're stored, like some library books that have been deemed too precious to be checked out? And while we're at it, how about having a special room on the premises where you can view those classified materials in privacy while not taking them to be lost in a closet or under some Home Depot receipts in a garage? I don't know that for a fact, but I just know it's true. And not for nothing, but if Biden left the classified documents in his garage because he forgot about them, then can we also please have a conversation about age limits in governmental employment? It might be hard for some to accept, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you're 65 or older, then you're too old to hold government office. You are too old to be in the House of Representatives, the Senate, the presidency, the vice presidency. You're too old to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. And this is not about ageism because keeping these people around as consultants, that sounds like a great idea, but holding public office, that's going to be a negative good buddy. Because 
of old people forgetting things, taking things, thinking that they can get away with things because they are old. Now, we exist in a timeline where the former and the current president are both under investigation for their possession of classified documents. They got their reasons for taking what clearly wasn't theirs to take, and I know the DOJ will find out what those reasons were, but it's obvious from what we know now, those two reasons aren't the same, and that, my friends, is for one reason. I think the self-reporting here is probably the single most important part of this situation. Uh, it indicates a lack of intentional conduct. These lawyers for Biden, they found the documents, and, and what they did with these documents was immediately notify the proper channels, so the National Archives and, and the Department of Justice. In the case of Trump, the National Archives and, and the government realized that these records were missing, and there was months of behind-the-scenes negotiations to try and get these documents back, and Trump claimed they were his. He didn't want to give them back. Then he gave some of them back, claimed that they were all of them, and there were still documents there. So so if we're ultimately talking about wrongdoing, intent is everything. Biden is an old stupid man who forgets where he puts shit, but he wasn't intentionally keeping classified documents. He immediately contacted the proper authorities and returned them of his own volition. But on the diametric opposite of this debate, the semi-sentient spray tan intended to keep the documents he took. He claimed that he didn't even have them when he was asked for them back. And then they had to be taken back by force. And still he's got more that he's refusing to return. Seriously, folks, only a moron would try to compare these two completely different stories in some stupid attempt at whataboutism. So cue the morons. Well, the former president, he posted on his Truth Social platform asking, quote, when is the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House? These documents were definitely not declassified. No, I don't approve how the Justice Department has handled this matter, and I don't approve how they handled the matter of the classified documents found uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Well, it raises a lot of questions, but one of the most important questions is uh, six years after leaving office, how, how were they just discovered now uh, or just before the election? And then six days before the election when they were discovered, in light of what had already happened with the raid on former President Trump's uh, home, why in the world was it so uh, critical to keep it covered up until now? And what was the process uh, involved with uh, making the decision to raid Mar-a-Lago versus the decision to apparently do, do nothing uh, with President Biden? So, uh, you know, it appears that it's another cover-up. We have a quote here from Representative James Comer from the Oversight Committee who said, quote, is the White House going to be raided tonight? Ah, oh, so these morons pose some pretty stupid questions that have forced a debate based on alternative facts and revisionist history spewing into the discourse. And so I have to say what I am about to say in order of appearance, of course. First off, the documents were procured during Biden's tenure as President Obama's VP. And because VPs can't declassify documents, of course, they weren't declassified. Not to mention that 
they were marked classified but then again that requires reading and we all know how that is difficult for some of our friends on the other side of the aisle secondly the reason why the florida man had his retirement home raided is because he repeatedly told the national archives that he didn't know what they were talking about when they asked for the documents back so they had to go to a judge and procure a search warrant to get back the 160 classified documents along with 60 top secret documents all found after the raid on the traffic cone of treason's personal nursing home and pay to play a golf course and still folks there is more missing thirdly if the issue is exposure timing then fine perhaps the media should have been alerted to the stop the presses mode because it was known but not known that biden had called the national archives and immediately returned 10 classified documents back in november and the new batch of documents found in biden's garage i agree folks that has some explaining to do but even with this new discovery, it does not change the ridiculous hoops that the National Archives had to go through to get classified documents back from old drinks with two hands. Fourthly, the decision to raid Mar-a-Lago was made because the Floridian Fondler first refused to acknowledge that the documents in question exist then claimed he didn't have them, then claimed that he did declassify and still refused to hand them over regardless of the excuse that he had for having them in the first place. Now, Biden's lawyers, on the other hand, they immediately called the National Archives and the DOJ to let them know what they had and how they could return the documents, what the procedure was. And then they went on their own volition on a search for more documents. And unironically, they did find them. But no raid at any time was required. Why? Because you don't need to conduct a raid on someone who is already cooperating. So there. I've answered the GOP's disingenuous questions about Biden's classified documents faux pas. Are we are we done here? Today, the Republican-led House Oversight Committee announced it's launching an investigation and asked the White House for all documents retrieved from President Biden's personal office and a list of who had access to that office. The committee's new Republican chair notified the White House yesterday, asking in a letter for all documents that were retrieved from Biden's personal office. In a letter to the attorney general, the now new judiciary chair, Congressman Jim Jordan, says the chief concern is, I'm quoting here, that... It's not clear when the department first came to learn about the existence of these documents and whether that knowledge was concealed ahead of the midterm elections. So, no, we are not done here. Clearly, the House Republicans are chomping at the bit to get an investigation on Biden going, and now they don't have to make something up in order to do it. And like I said before, I'm here for it. Biden should be investigated, and if he's found to have committed a crime or a wrongdoing, he should be properly punished for it because, remember, folks, no one is above the law. And that's all I have to say about that. 
New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday and follow us on social media to keep up with our latest posts. This Week Again can be found on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, RSS.com, Google and Samsung Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So thank you again so much for listening and to Dur for now.